He looks determined without being ruthless. Something heroic in his manner. There's a courage about him. Doesn't look like a killer. Comes across so calm. Acts like he has a dream. Full of passion. You don't trust me, huh? Well, you know why. I do. We're not supposed to trust anyone in our profession anyway. Peace, 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 and welcome to The Rematch, which is part of the BasketballNews.com podcast network. On The Rematch, you'll hear in-depth interviews with notable names from all walks of life. Because sometimes the media just doesn't get it right. The Rematch is that second opportunity to clarify, put things in proper context, correct fake news or misreported controversy, the media still exists as the most powerful entity on earth because they control the minds of the masses. I'm Atan Thomas, and the full truth is what we are aiming to catch. Many media stories omit details that would dilute their clickbait roar, and that's why there's a need for the rematch. On this episode, Rex Chapman discussed dealing with racism growing up in Kentucky and while in college at the University of Kentucky. He talked about why he started tweeting about Trump, racism, Karens, and white privilege. He discussed his new podcast with BasketballNews.com, scoring 37 on Michael Jordan and some of his most memorable dunks on some of NBA's greatest big men. This was a great conversation. Hope you enjoy Mr. Rex Chapman, how you doing, sir? I'm great, Etan, and man, thanks for having me. I've been a fan of yours for a long time. Oh, that's what's up. I appreciate that. No, I've been absolutely. I've been following you on Twitter for a while, and we'll get to all of that. Uh, welcome to the Basketball News family. Um, I, I, you, it, it's you. great to have you. Um, you know, first, I want to ask you, what can everybody expect from the, your your podcast, and what type of things are you going to cover? You know, I think we're, you know, in the process of trying to figure that out right now. Okay. Um, I think really, uh, you know, there's going to be no no shortage of people. I think that we can get to, you know, from a, a lot of different entertainment backgrounds, right. um, uh, sports, acting. Um, you know, there's so many people that follow this silly Twitter, Twitter channel of mine that, uh, you know, I've been able to kind of connect some dots with people. So I'm looking forward to it really for lack of a better term. I think it's going to be a pretty liberal safe haven okay. for people to come okay. and uh, where we can talk politics and right. we can talk and we can talk sports and hopefully, you know, through that find, you know, that, you know, we're, we're all people trying to do this out here and, and we're not all that different, right. uh, but but right now, I think is an important time. I, you know, just I know we'll get into it, but just uh-huh. racially, socially in this country, you're going. You're younger than I am. Mm-hmm. You're going. You're going through this. Really, I mean, I, I there have been things that have happened in my lifetime, mm-hmm. but nothing like w- what we've experienced right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my opinion, you know, I, I remember riots, you know, Watts, all that stuff way back when. But I was a little kid. Right. I thought we were past all that stuff. Um, and now here we are. Uh, I think that to have a platform 
like we like like we do, fortunate enough to do, mm-hmm. to not take advantage of that and try to help people and teach a little bit, um, inform. I think is would be a little bit cowardly. So I plan on being outspoken on things uh, that I know and hopefully have guests on that are going to teach me things. And and let's let's talk about that a little bit because you weren't you weren't a big fan of Twitter, you know, mm-hmm. and social media, and then you just got on there and just took off, and you just started touching on everything, you know, with the the blocker charts, which are all hilarious. Yeah. And then the, you'll have like the feel good ones, like with yeah. the dogs or something like that. And then you'll get into the politics and the Karens and everything. Like, how did, yeah. tell me how all of that came about with social media in particular? Really by accident. Uh, you know, when I, when I, when I finished playing, uh, it, it's been 20 years ago now, mm-hmm. 2000 was when I retired. That That's hard to believe, but I, I wasn't a drinker smoker. I, I didn't party. You know, I, I would go out and have a drink, have a beer. I, I, if I drank a beer, uh, if I played, I don't know, 800,000 games uh, uh, in the NBA, I, if I had a, a drink the night before 12 of them, that, that would be a, would have been a lot. I just wasn't that guy. I yeah. like to go and laugh with my boys and all, and they all did their stuff, but I right. just wasn't that guy. Right. But right at the end of my career, I, I had I had seven surgeries my last three years. The doctor gave me Oxycontin right at the end mm-hmm. of, of that. And I spent about 14 years, 15 years battling uh, painkiller addiction. Mm-hmm. So about seven, six or seven years ago, seven years ago I, now, I guess, I went to rehab for the third time. I got out. I, I probably had at that point, I probably had, I don't know, just from basketball, 50,000 Twitter followers. Mm-hmm. Right. I was on it, but I didn't really do anything on it. Mm-hmm. I went into rehab. I got myself off of the pain medicine um, and I came back to Kentucky. I was living in L.A. I came back to Kentucky and started doing some stuff for Kentucky basketball again, uh, okay. uh, pregame stuff and, you know, just kind of enjoying a slower pace in Kentucky than what I've been used to uh, mm-hmm. out west. So, um, you know, Twitter kind of grew a little bit from that. I don't know, 75,000, 100,000 followers. Um, but then I just stumbled upon putting out the stupid blocker charge video. I, yeah. I saw a dolphin video one day, a guy paddle boarding out in the ocean and uh-huh. the dolphin just jumped up square, hit him in the chest. And I said to myself, that's a fucking charge, that's, <laughs> that's a, you know, and like we do, you know, and, right. uh, I just tweeted it out. People thought it was funny or whatever. Yeah. And so I started doing that and I kept to that for quite, quite some time. And, um, but I was having a really tough time with Trump and mm-hmm. with Mitch McConnell and mm-hmm. with Rand Paul, mm-hmm. uh, Kentucky representatives, mm-hmm. senators. Um, and I started trying to pick my spots. You know, this is a red state. And uh, people hate it. People hate. People don't want to be told on. Mm-hmm. That's the deal, you know. Right. Well, not mad. I'm, what I'm saying is not wrong, right? What I'm saying just hurts their feelings, and so I. But the worse Trump got, the more overtly racist uh, uh, he became. I felt like I needed to speak up a little bit more, and then last summer uh, with George Floyd mm-hmm. and Breonna Taylor and uh, Jacob Blake and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, I just got fed up. And, and, and when I say that, I, I don't, I, this is shit I knew I've been knowing since I was a teenager. Right. And, and a big part of me feels like I let a lot of my friends down, not, not saying, not speaking up, you know, at a younger age about some of these things, you know, I tried here and there, uh, but you know, there comes a point, you know, I've been through a lot of stuff. I, you know, uh, at this point I've been very, very fortunate. Um, mm-hmm. I'm happy to feel healthy and alive at this point for my mm-hmm. kids. And, um, but I, I'm not going down without trying to, trying to, I, I've felt strongly about a lot of racial stuff since I was a kid, since I was a little kid and growing mm-hmm. up in Kentucky. And, uh, you know, I just felt like it was kind of time for me to, time for me to say some things so let, let's let's so let's go back a little bit since you mentioned it let's go back to um young rex and in, in kentucky what were your experiences like you know um and, and the reason why i'm asking is a lot of times you know i'll repost something that you tweeted on facebook and you know the, a lot of the reactions sometimes will be like wait that's rex chapman said that from from kentucky yeah. Like, yeah, where, where, did, where did he get so woke? Like, wait, like, I was like, yeah. so, so, so I want to ask you, you know, okay. what, what about your your childhood yeah. contributed to, you know, who you are now in your in your activism, speaking out and everything like that? I think, well, I was very fortunate that the, the city I grew up in is Owensboro, Kentucky, and it's Kentucky, don't get me wrong, but it's a city of about 60,000 people. Okay. And so for Kentucky, it, it, when I was growing up there, it was the third biggest city in Kentucky. So I've been a city, kind of a city kid my whole life. I don't, I've never been hunting. Mm. I've maybe been fishing a couple of times. I just, I just wasn't in. Also, my dad didn't do that stuff. He was a basketball coach. Okay. Also to go back, he was a basketball player. He played mm. in, he played at Kentucky, transferred, went to Western Kentucky, played in the ABA. He mm. was a basketball coach my whole life. So I grew up around basketball from as long as I can remember he was a good player and you know he he, the guys in our there's four high schools in our hometown one two two of them are more predominantly black schools athlete athletics wise Uh, uh, the other two are more lily white schools and I went to one of the two lily white schools okay but my boys I grew up with playing ball with were my dad's the guys he played with and against in high school, gotcha. his, their kids. kids yeah. So I, so my dad, from the time I was little, I just wanted to play basketball. I right. just wanted to play. And uh, my dad from a very young age, he said, well, if you're going to play, you need to go play against the best players. And so he would take me down, drop me off of what was, uh, uh, yeah, the, the projects for Owensboro. Okay. And, uh, and so I, you know, I would go down there as early as seven, eight years old and I was, you know, I would be dropped off for the weekend mm-hmm. and I would stay in a, a two, a, a, you know, a two bedroom apartment with eight people mm-hmm. and it was hot cause there was no air conditioning mm-hmm. and it was, and, and might eat twice a day, but maybe not. Okay. And so I, from a very young age, it hurt me. It hurt me, and it, it but it stayed with me. Um, so that kind of set the stage for all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I became I became a pretty good player. Mm-hmm. And and those guys, I from the time I was six or seven, 
we that was my AAU team. So okay, okay. we were yeah, I was the only white kid on the team and we okay. won the we won the state in Kentucky. We went to the Nationals, we're third or fourth in the Nationals. So gotcha. that's how that's how I grew up. And then one of my when I was about 15 and I never mm-hmm. had a I really never had a girlfriend no mm-hmm. anything. But one of my best friends, Mark Higgs, who black dude who went to Kentucky, he was a year ahead of me in high school, all-American football player, played in the NFL. Well, me and his sister, we spent a lot of time around one another. We were the same grade. Naturally, and she she won the state uh, 100 two years in a row. Okay. You fly. Okay. So, but but I, we kind of became, we just sort of organically became boyfriend and girlfriend. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, I remember... I rem- I I truly it, it hurts me to this day to think about it because back then you didn't have there's nobody had phones and cameras and right, shit. Right, right. so you exchange pictures your yeah. pictures you know give me your pic you're from the yearbook right 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 well I remember showing a friend of mine's mom uh, uh, one of my buddies said Rex got a girlfriend and uh, I I remember they said you got a pic I showed her a picture and. I'll never forget the look on her. I'll never forget the look on her face each time. Wow. Wow. She, she was, she, she didn't care to hide that she was displeased. And I didn't know why she was displeased. I didn't know if she didn't think she was pretty or or what. And then like, it bothered me the rest of the day. And then I, I, uh, I started figuring this stuff out. And then, you know, as people would find out, you know, they'd tell, tell us to hide and not, you know, not do that. And so we did a lot of that in high school. We had just hid. And then she went to Kentucky when I went to Kentucky. Okay. And then, we, then when I got to school now, also, Etan, I was not a great boyfriend. Let's not get I was dating white girls as well. I you. Um, I so I don't I'm not trying to come on. No, I got you. Great dude. So, <laughs> um. But it was kind of genius because the white sororities and the black sororities, it may as well be on two different planets. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so nobody knew each other. Yeah. So, nobody <laughs> so, no, but um, so when we got to college, you know, we we're like, well, you know what? We're, we got classes together. We're going to go to classes, you know, might hold hands, go to class, something, whatever. Mm-hmm. They weren't having it. Right. They weren't having it. And I, I started getting called, called in you know, uh, by, by, by people at the school to say, you know, Hey, Hey, we don't care, but you know, we might want to just be discreet really? or you might oh, like, like, like the, like the coaching bro, staff, like the, bro, really? Wow. Talk to Dwayne Casey about it. We, I, I've talked, I've talked about this a lot over the years. Uh, it, it, it miraculously doesn't get out there too much it's not very very popular thing but yeah uh, i was told uh, four or five times uh in college and i'd already been being told this in high school and now i'm you know i'm growing up a little bit i'm 19 or 20 now i'm 19 i guess i left i left after my sophomore year and it was it, it was the right time for me to go socially it wasn't i was way immature and mm. young i i should have probably stayed another year for that i could play but i wasn't i, I, I was just yeah i was a i was a baby you yeah. know i was the youngest player i my my rookie year i was the youngest player in the nba kareem was the oldest player 
Wow. Uh, he, he was 41 and I, I think I was 19 and turned 20. So, wow. Uh, wow. <laughs> um, uh, but so I, I was starting to grow up a little bit mm-hmm. and near, near the end of my sophomore year, I, I remember them calling me in again and, 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 uh, I got upset. I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't have a voice at that enough to really go back at anybody, but I got really upset. And I remember leaving there and, uh, my, my roommate, Reggie Hansen, uh, he, I got back over and I was in tears at this point. And he said, mm-hmm. he said, what's wrong, man? And I said, dude, I'm, I'm, I, I really, I've given, I don't party. I can't, I couldn't get into bars. I didn't, I didn't want to drink it. I, I was that, that, Mm-hmm. that straight, you know, uh, and I, I said, I give everything I do. I, I, when, when y'all are out going to the bars and stuff, I go back and shoot cause they won't let me go into the bars just to hang out with you guys. They'll right. get shut down. They, they'll, I, that happened regularly. In college. So I just ended up having my own key to the Coliseum. I go, over but I remember going back and telling him, I said, I give everything, I give everything. And, and, you know, they're taking all my time, you know, e- even, you know, they would have me go over. I was signing hundreds of cards a day, fan mail and stuff like that. And then mm-hmm. they wanted me to go do photo shoots. And I, mm-hmm. I didn't care about school. Mm. I should have. I didn't. I, I was able to kind of cruise through, though. But they mm. wanted me to, you know, go photo shoots. And the, they needed me to be the All-American. Yeah, the guy. The, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And so I kind of started resenting that. And I told Reggie, I said, they, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. They can take all my time, but they're not going to tell me who I can date. And uh, so shortly there, I mean, when, within a couple months, stuff went down. We were going to go on probation in Kentucky. Okay. Uh, Sean Kemp was coming in. He'd have been a freshman in my junior year. Oh. We'd have had a really good team. Good. Chris, Chris Mills. Chris oh. Mills. Uh, Eric Manuel, um, we would have been loaded. Y'all had a crew. Uh, we had a crew. <laughs> uh, but so I left and, and I just, I left school and then went to Charlotte and then got to Charlotte and it had a little bit more of that. So, oh, the same, um, same, thing. same thing, you know, I didn't, I'd never heard, I had held out for a week. Uh, I've told this before too. I, I, I held out for a week. Um, in camp and camp like a dummy for like $25,000 more. Mm-hmm. And so I'm late to camp. Uh, but I, me and my agent, David Falk, we went over to, um, the owner's house and, mm-hmm. and he was going to try to get this deal done or whatever. And he took me downstairs and he point blank at, he said, do you have a black girlfriend? Really? And, and I said, <laughs> and I said, uh, and and at the time I didn't. I like we were like you know. And I right, said right. I, I don't. But I said I get I, I got to tell you. I guess if I do, if that's gonna make me a bad guy, I'm just gonna be a bad guy. And, and that's what I said. It was wow. the first time in my life. And we went right upstairs and signed the deal. And and uh, that was that. Except that always stuck with me. Cause what he said after that was, well, just, and it's the first time I'd ever even heard the term. I had to go back and ask somebody what it meant. Mm-hmm. He said, well, just, just know we, you know, we live down here in the Bible belt. And it, it was the same thing. It was just, just be careful because people are not going to like it. Maybe hide it, be discreet. It was coded. It was coded. And then Wait, and this, and this, and this was in year what? This was 19, what? 1988. 
This was in 88. It's not like yeah. you were talking about back in the 50s and the 60s. This is 88. I know. I know. And then my best friend to this day, one of my best friends is Dale Curry. And Stefan was just born. Okay. Dale and I, when I pulled up to my apartment, my new apartment, he and Sonia were two doors down. He had a broken arm. We played the same position. Right. You know, he, he was a co- He was actually, he's about four or five years, but I came out early. He played four years of college. He and Muggsy are my boys, boys. We all lived in the same little complex. Mm-hmm. And they basically helped raise me, Dell and Sonia did, while they are raising Stefan. I was Steph's first little babysitter. Oh, yeah? Um, <laughs> yeah, but the thing was, ownership and some of they thought Sonia was white and so they they were not happy that that you know and as much as wow everybody would say look who get who a who right, gives right, a right. shit right uh but b come on man right, come right. on so they went through that and, and you know they've talked about it, it, it it's it's but again I thought we were past all this stuff. I, I knew that when we had a black president, I knew racism wasn't over. I, right. assumed, every, I assumed everybody did. Right, Just right. like if Hillary Clinton would have won, sexism wasn't going to be over. Right. Uh, right. Still got to keep building, building, building. But what I didn't realize, and I had lived out West for about 20 years. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that when Hillary Clinton lost, I didn't realize how, how, how mad how mad some white people were that we had a black president. Mm. And that's a, that's just gross to me. Well, that's, that's what opened the door for Trump. That was what he ran on. (laughs) He didn't have any other qualifications. Mm. You know what I mean? He just ran on that. I know. I know. Goodness gracious. So, so, so that's, that's a lot to, to deal with. And that, that opened your eyes to racism. I guess, you know, you're experiencing it. Let me just go back a little bit more. So, so uh, I need to point out too. I, we're we're talking about how it affected me, right? My girlfriend, Sean, who, who I didn't tell her. I didn't tell her a lot of that. She knew some of it, but I didn't tell her all the times that that was happening. We're still good friends. She she, she lives in Cincinnati. Okay. We still 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 very very good friends. Uh-huh. Uh, but it, it was mean really? and hateful. Yeah. It was mean to her, hateful to her. Wow, awful. Because that's what it is. You're, well, you're, what you're saying is, look, me, hey, white guy, you dating her looks bad for you. No, it doesn't. You think it does. Wow. Right, but that's what they're saying. Like, like she's not good enough. Yeah. What? I'm a. I'm an idiot. Just on a basic level, I'm a, I'm a guy. I'm a bat. I'm an yeah, athlete. You know, right, I, I, right, right. So just on a basic level, yeah. That if it that maybe she shouldn't date me for that. Right, <laughs> but right, right. That we can't date each other. That that I'm. Here's another thing. That I'm able to be roommates and friends with you. Mm-hmm. And us do all the stuff we do, and mm-hmm. we need we need Eton Thomas to come from Oklahoma and play at the university here, or mm-hmm. and all that stuff. It, it's just it blows me away that right. uh, you know that we're still we're still here in some some respects. 
Wow. I don't know. No, that's that's lost. No, no, no. I get it. I, I read a. Um, I was watching an interview um, that you were doing. You were talking about this, and you were saying that when you went to um, back home, and you would pretend to be one of your oh, yeah. your 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 white friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then, see, you know, that's tell, tell, tell me that because that was interesting. Yeah, yeah. That ha- that happened twice. Um, uh, yeah, I, m- one of my b- black teammates had, had several of my black teammates had white mm-hmm. girlfriends i mean mm-hmm. it's kentucky um uh uh but you know that that didn't seem to be as frowned upon as me dating a black girl for some odd reason huh. uh but it <laughs> yeah i had i had two friends who they you know they really liked it one of them they got married okay. so um uh but the girl, the, the white girl mm-hmm. friend wanted, you know, they, they, she wanted her parents to meet her boyfriend, right. pl- black dude on my team. Right. But I, they came to me in my dorm room and, and were telling me and I, and I stopped them short. I said, you need me to go home and pretend to be your boyfriend. And they said, <laughs> would you? I said, I don't care. Sure. I was 18 who gave, you know, who gave a shit. <laughs> right. And, but so I, I didn't really think of it, you know, during that time mm-hmm. as it being, cause that's just, and so that, yeah, that happened twice where I, we go, I'd sit next to her during the, during the dinner and, you know, kind of play around and right. like we, and then, you know, go to sleep and they'd sneak off into the other bedroom and, wow. you know, it, it, yeah, bizarre. Yeah. But to, to, to think back at that, that's just so awful, man. Awful. Wow. It's awful to have to feel like you, you would have to do that. Really. Oh, based on the, the color of someone's skin. Right. You know, so, so, so moving forward, I just saw a few months ago, the uh, Kentucky players took a knee during mm-hmm. the uh, national anthem. And Kentucky as a whole didn't react very kindly. Um, yeah. I, I saw the sheriff, I don't remember his name, but the sheriff was burning the Kentucky jerseys and yeah. they were trying to, you know, move the uh, some of the funds away from the basketball team. Like it was big thing. Not like they just yeah. said they didn't like it, but they was really trying to start a whole movement to punish yeah. the players for doing it. And yeah. and you spoke out and in, in, in support of the players and you were very stern about your words of all the people, the Kentucky fans who were criticizing the players and criticizing Calipari for standing with them and and, yeah. and, and the sheriff. Like talk walk me yeah. through that process. Cause you was very you was very adamant about it. You know, you didn't mince words at all. But talk, talk no. to me about that. No, it's straight racism. It's straight racism. I, I don't have any problem saying that. Uh you know, look, these young men, we know what they're peacefully protesting for. And if I was on the team, I'd be doing the same damn thing. Mm-hmm. Those are my guys. They're my dudes. Yes, we're doing this. I'm trying to be an ally. I don't not, I, I see color, unfortunately. I do. I, and I'm, and I'm trying to, you know, trying to help. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm still trying to learn. I, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. I can't imagine you. I can't imagine my black friends, how they got to feel, especially right now. I mean, anyway, I lost my train of thought. Where was I? No, you're talking about the, um, your reaction to the, Oh yeah. And so, (laughs) yeah, straight racism, uh, because look, these are people, uh, these young men peacefully protested. They took a knee before a national anthem. 
And they just got eviscerated back here by some fans. Mm -hmm. Um, Mind you, two days, two days, maybe three, before this happened, Mm -hmm. Patriots Mm -hmm. stormed the fucking Capitol. Right, right. And these dudes... Uh, one of them is sheriff in Laurel County, Kentucky. That's where my mom's from. Mm -hmm. And they're burning Kentucky jerseys because these players are peacefully protesting uh, police brutality and social justice. And um, while literally uh, a coup was staged to overthrow American democracy and overthrow the government. Mm -hmm. Now, they weren't up in arms about that for some reason. Right, right. I mean, the other thing that we're finding now is that, look, we knew what was up all last summer with all, pulling out the National Guard. In fact, my buddy is the biggest criminal att- criminal attorney here here in here in the state. We 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 came up together. He lived with me in Charlotte before he became a, a lawyer. Okay. And uh, he he's defended Brianna. He, he's uh, a Brianna Taylor's boyfriend's uh, attorney. Okay. Uh, he uh, another young man was murdered killed by the National Guard grilling a burger in his house, David McAtee, during the Breonna Taylor riots. Uh, And the National Guard was straight called out that fast. And remember, remember how fast? Remember how fast? And then then when these dudes try to overtake the Capitol, Mm -hmm. the National Guard wasn't even on on call. In D.C. The the fix was in. (laughs) The fix was in, man. And and you you can't tell me if there'd have been 5,000, 10,000 black and brown people stormed the Capitol that there wouldn't have been bodies, bodies everywhere. Right. We'd still be putting toe tags on people. I mean, it's, and then to, again, but to go back to, and then they're going to be upset over some, some black young men who, you know, we, we needed our university Mm -hmm. to be competitive. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't, there's a lot of people that think that we, you know, we should, we should uh, recruit uh, more Kentucky kids. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say that I'd be the first to say this. Mm-hmm. If Kentucky kids could play at this level, mm-hmm. they'd be playing here. <laughs> and, and we have them every now and then. Jack Givens comes along. Right. You know, uh, Daryl Griffith could have played here. Mm-hmm. He didn't come. He didn't come here. But Winston Bennett could. He, he came here. Mm-hmm. There are there. Alan Houston was good enough to play here. He went to someplace else. There are guys that come through. But by and large, if you want to be a competitive top 20 team, Mm -hmm. you're going to have to go out and get kids from L.A. and California and New York and New Jersey and Florida. Mm -hmm. And that's just how it just like everybody else does in the SEC. Right. And so the other part that I I, I really want to try to make a push for, and I don't know how to go about doing it, but I'm going to damn sure try over Mm -hmm. the next few years. I think it's time for these schools, you know. Syracuse, mm-hmm. uh, um, all of all of the all of the big schools to mm-hmm. open their arenas, to open their arenas for voting and voter registration. Mm-hmm. Because if if you don't, what are you telling? What you need you need these young black men and women to come to your universities. Mm-hmm. So you want them to come there. On one hand, you're telling them, we need you, we need you, we need you. On the other hand, you're if you don't do those things, you're telling them, but. I think you're you're telling them, 
but we're not sure we want you as a full part of our community. Right. Right. And, and, and that we're willing to fight for you. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I hope that there will be, you know, I'm, there's going to be a lot of resistance and pushback because they're going to try to roll back some of the shit they've already, you know, mm-hmm. allowed mm-hmm. to suppress more vote, to disenfranchise more people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we got to stay on top of it. You know, one of the things I saw when you were talking about um, and defending the Kentucky players uh, for taking a knee, you looked at yourself and you were saying, you know, that you should have done more growing up, that you're, you should have used your voice. You was really, you know, you started to look inward and criticize yourself. Um, what, what, what made you come to that realization? Two-part question. And then also, how important is it for white people in general to use their positions and their platforms to be able to speak to these things. White, white athletes, but just white people in general to be allies. Yeah. First part of the question, once again, Etan, please. Um, so, so, so when you were saying that um, you were looking inward at yourself and criticizing yeah. yourself of what you could have done a little bit better, um, more growing up to speak to those things. What, yeah. what, made, what made you say that? Uh, just seeing what we're going through right now. Um, you know, I, I really, and maybe I got, maybe I became just not living back here. Uh, I, had been gone for, for 20 some years out West Phoenix, but LA and, Mm -hmm. but I also had lived in DC. I played for the bullets Mm -hmm. in DC. I played in Miami. So I'd lived in big cities and, uh, I, I, I had grown, I had, I, I'd learned, I left the South and, you know, uh, I, I was able to, to, you know, meet so many people and, and, and so many, I I knew one Jewish person my whole life growing up Mm -hmm. one. I I mean, and, uh, then David Falk became my agent at age 19 and I called him on Christmas and wished him Merry Christmas. And he (laughs) said, he said, Rex, you know, I'm Jewish. I said, yeah, all right. Merry Christmas. I had no idea. <laughs> right. I guess. I had no idea. So I, it's, there's been a process of me learning things. You know, I grew up and I, I want to say this, I go back and, you know, I don't want to make it all about, you know, my girlfriend and stuff like that. Well, I go okay. back to, I go back to being a teenager with my uh, high school teammates. One, my best, my, my point guard on my high school team, white dude, mm-hmm. uh, he could play, man. And so we were good and we had battles, battles with my, my AAU team, uh, our our high school team battles. Um, but when we were becoming, you know, we're around that age, you don't know who's better. Everybody's trying to be better. You know, man, he can jump, he can shoot. You don't know who can do anything, but all of us, four or five of us, David Hogg, Marcus Robinson, Avery Taylor, myself, we were all pretty good. Uh-huh. Like, you know, but I definitely thought a couple of them were at the time were better than I, than I was. They were stronger than I was. Okay. Um, you know, I could shoot better maybe, uh, but we were all about the same. Mm-hmm. And when I talk about my, my privilege that I, I didn't really, I didn't really get it. You know, my dad coached the local college team. Okay. Their dads didn't. And, okay. and but all of our dads degenerate gamblers and okay. they they all spent money at the track so i didn't grow up with money i'm right. telling you i didn't okay that, that and and but 
when I, you say you get invited to five star uh-huh. or to a, back in the day around, it was camp called BC blue chips or something like that. Mm-hmm. And when you're young, 13, 14, yeah, you're invited. You still got to pay, right? You still got to pay something. Right. Well, guess what? I got to go to those camps. If it cost $150, I got to go. They didn't get to go because uh, they didn't have $150. My dad could find it. He could work and not go to the track that week right. or whatever. I was going to go. And when I went, guess what? Then I – and the only way you're going to get noticed it was when you play against good, really good players. So I was yes. going, and now I'm starting to kind of excel. People are starting to know me. Mm-hmm. Uh, in recruiting circles, the scouts are coming to these camps. Mm-hmm. So I've got a built-in advantage, man. I've got a built-in advantage. Okay. And, and and it's a level of privilege that they, that they didn't have. Also, right. I, I knew I was getting three meals a day. I knew as we got older, I knew a couple of them, their moms were not, you know, my moms weren't even home. Right. So they weren't, they, they didn't get their grades. There was no emphasis put on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was being, I didn't, I gave no shits about school, mm-hmm. but I was being made to do my work. I also knew I had to stay eligible cause I love to play basketball gotcha. and that was my deal as long as I was eligible. So, but there was nobody checking for my boys, uh, like that. Okay. They had to do it on their own and yeah, they might miss a whole semester because they flunked whatever it was. And now they're, you know, even further back. Right. And so I realized early on that that I I'm very I'm very privileged now for the work you and I put in. I'm going to try to kick your ass every day, you know, out there, all of that stuff. But to to not realize that the advantages that you've had at this point, I think, is is pretty is pretty telling. Yeah, Uh, I, I agree. I hear what you're saying. And and. And you're broadcasting went off. That. No, 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 it's good. And now you're broadcasting that and you're talking about things like when you like when you talk about and show on your Twitter um, handle the uh, Karens and you're talking yeah. about the white privilege and you're talking, you're pointing yeah. that out. It, it's it, it resonates differently with all of white America when you have a white person who, who yeah. points that out. Yeah, talk talk right. about that. Because yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm sure you get some backlash. And I hate that. Yeah, do I? I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. But I really don't even pay attention to that because, you know, uh, those are not people I'm trying to I'm trying to connect with. I'm really not at this point. I know who they are. They've been showing me who they are for 30 or 40 years. So I'm really over that. Um, but it, it, a big part of it still makes me sad. Mm-hmm. It, it still makes me sad that we got to have <laughs> that we got to have white people speaking out. I mean, I, I just I, I'm realizing that this is just going to how, how it's going to be. We're here for this moment in time. And, yeah. you know, this is going to go on long after we're here. We just got to continue to make progress. I, I, got, I do have to tell you, it heartens me so much when I when I see my friends, Steve Kerr, Steve Nash, mm-hmm. Stan Van Gundy, mm-hmm. uh, Greg Popovich, mm-hmm. picking their spots because, you know, look, they're still they're still in the NBA. Right. I mean, right. you know, and we all, uh, all of us that are in that league, you, there's a little bit of a tightrope. You need right. to, you need to walk on some issues. Right. And, but some of the stuff that they've said is stuff that, you know, 
Mm-hmm. They they picked their spot. They knew they may even get some backlash privately from the league mm-hmm. on it. Um, so I'm proud. I'm proud of those guys for doing this. And also, they're so smart. They're so smart, Etan. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and they all have such different different stories. I, I'm I'm proud to have them as as my friends, and I'm I'm proud to kind of you know be helping. I don't know advance advanced things <laughs> no and it's, and it's important and it's it's so important you know it's interesting i just just watched um black judas uh fred fred hampton movie and you saw where he was really pushing and they didn't emphasize it a lot but um pushing for having the the unity and uniting with the the um the white organizations and the young white yeah. and then he had the young lords too but and they were all uniting together they showed it briefly but that's something that the Panthers did a lot because of the fact that they knew that yeah. there was only people who were going to only hear it from the white organizations and the commonality. But that's I, I see that now as well, even from all the you know the the coaches Steve Steve Kerr Steve Nash yeah. Popovich um, right now when they say something, people hear it. They're like, oh. Okay, yeah. well, well, let's listen. Let's look at this a little bit deeper. There's certain people who LeBron can say it. You know, yeah. Steph Curry can say it. All yeah. those guys, yeah. and they yeah. look at it kind of like, okay. But then they hear Rex Chapman say it. I know. And then they listen a little bit more intensely. They they listen differently. Right. And, and you know, uh, yeah. And I know. You know, I I, I will say I I've all I have always tried to uh, you know walk what I believe, and I'll go back to. Uh, <laughs> One of my in in high school, I was you know I I I, I was recruited by virtually everybody. I mm-hmm. visited I visited Carolina, loved Carolina growing up. I committed to Louisville, almost went to Louisville, loved Louisville, mm-hmm. um, um, Kentucky, uh, and I really wasn't going to take any other visits. Uh, but a guy named Craig Neal, and I don't know if you know Craig Noodles. He's a longtime coach. He played at Georgia Tech mm-hmm. and. And there was zero chance I was going to Georgia Tech because I knew how, how hard the school was. Okay. And so, uh, but he, he was a good buddy. He had told Bobby Crimmins, he said, look, I can get Rex to come for a visit. And, and I was like, Craig, I'm not coming to Georgia Tech. And he said, come on, we'll have fun. And I said, all right, look, you know my girlfriend. He knew my girlfriend from home. Okay. And, uh, I, and, and he said, yeah, our coaches know. And I said, what? And he said, yeah. And I said, all right, well, I'll come. I'm not coming to Georgia Tech. I said, I'll come on the visit. But the King Center had just been open. And I said, if you guys will take me to the King Center, I'll come. And I got there and me and uh, very first thing, they took me straight to the King Center with John Sally and Bruce Dalrymple and uh, Mark, Mark, uh, Mark uh, Price, Mark Price uh, and Craig and I, I stayed in there for two and a half, three hours, crying a little, reading, uh, and it was it was my best fucking visit. I'll <laughs> never forget it. I'm so glad I went. Right. Uh, we also they also we also went to they got me went to a, a strip club right after that. So it was a great visit. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you enjoyed yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. So I, I have, I've tried to keep learning as I've gone and and just, uh, you know, cause I mean, I I still think about it. My white 
a lot of my white friends that I grew up with, mm-hmm. the, the black people they know the best are probably my, my teammates from college and the NBA that they, you know, when my guys come play golf, they come out to visit. We all go play golf. They drink together. But that, so, and when you live in a state, I didn't realize that there, that, that Kentucky, I really didn't. That's how I was kind of weird that I, I didn't grasp a lot of stuff. Mm. I didn't know that Kentucky was like 90% white. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know there's a, a state of like 5 million has only 500,000 black or brown or Hispanic people. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. And so, yeah, it kind of makes sense that, you know, that they wouldn't be exposed. I, I think a lot of it too, when we boil it down, a lot of white people just don't know how to talk to black people and, and at all and, and are afraid. But I've found, I've found the older I've gotten white, a, a lot of white people are scared to death of talking to black women. And mm-hmm. in particular to me that in my, both white men and white women, but maybe even more so white men. Uh, and I have some thoughts on it. I'm not sure I want to go into it, but I just think that, that there's just a basic lack. I mean, hope, hopefully at some point we're going to figure all this out. It's not going to happen anytime soon, but it's got to start with communication. And I was so disappointed that for four years during the Trump administration, all the shit going on, all the shit going on, all the shit going on. There was never like, he didn't ever like reach out to, to Greg Popovich and Doc Rivers and mm-hmm. and and say, look, come in, let's come in to the come into the Oval Office. Yeah. Let's have a real fucking summit about yeah. shit. Now, I will tell you this: if this doesn't happen with this administration, right. I'll be really disappointed. I'll be really disappointed because, right. and I think they're going to. I really do. Uh, but I, I, I think there's some big things that have to happen. And first of all. HR one. I mean, that's my next, you know, mission is that you got to get the voting rights act passed. Right. Uh, it's just asinine. It's, 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 it's racism. Right. Right. No, way to say it. there's yeah. no other way to say it. Right. You know, they can dress it up with voter suppression and all it's right. racism. Yeah. Yeah. So let me, let me ask you, what is your response? What are the responses that you get? From some of you, I want like, some of I, like some. I'm sure some white people applaud you, but then yeah. I'm sure a lot of white people are not happy by the things that you point out. Um, and not just in Kentucky, but just I mean, you got a million Twitter followers. You're like, you know yeah. what I mean? The Twitter yeah. feed up right now. So, what are some of the yeah. the negative feedback that you get when you're when you're reporting on the Karens and you're talking about the racism of the Trump administration? And what what is some of the negativity that you get? Oh, bro. Uh, hatefulness, hatefulness. Yeah. You know, I, I've had my DMs open for some time because I am I'm writing a book, uh, and I, and um, yeah, I'm gonna blast some of these people. They write back racist stuff, racist mm-hmm. stuff. They claim to be Kentucky fans. You know, wish you'd have never played in Kentucky. You know, uh, you're a disgrace. All that stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, can't believe you, uh, can't believe you, you did a Amy McGrath. Uh, ad, you know, <laughs> okay, really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Wow. So I, 
yeah, a lot of it. Yeah, I'll be out. I'll be out at the gas station. This happened not long ago. Uh, uh, dude came up to me, put his hand on my shoulder while I was pumping gas, and said, "Man, you what was it? Man, you could have had it so easy if you just be one of us." Really? And, and I said, and I looked at him, and he said, "I said what?" And he said, "Yeah, you know, just talking that." talking that Trump shit all the time. And I went, all right, man. And, uh, and, and, and he's not, he's, when I said, all right, man, he is one of those dudes. And in fact, I filmed a dude yesterday in traffic, painted on Confederate flag on the back of his tra- tailgate. He, he, you know, he's not, that guy is not somebody that I was going to go at because right. he's for sure got a gun in his car and all that. And yeah. I'm tell- God is my witness. He walked off and turned around back at me and said, we going to beat Bama this week. <laughs> After all of that, you go. like we're friends. <laughs> I probably answered him. I probably no. answered him. You know, I, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's sad, man. But it doesn't and stop it, it, you, it, And that, that's the thing. No. A lot of times when people feel a little bit of that backlash, especially from, you know, their white counterparts, and you're, yeah. you know, they're like, okay, maybe I need to cool off. But you, it's like empowered you to do more, and you were speaking out more. Yeah. It's not exposing me. It, I don't think. I don't. I mean, and if it is, that's that's fine. You know, I'm sure I miss that from time to time and say things, and 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 I get I get too emotional and mm-hmm. respond too quickly without thinking. I know I do, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not always right. I can have a wrong take uh, and a wrong opinion, but I try to I try to be informed. Uh, I'm just, I'm tired of it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm just really tired of it. I'm tired of the blatant, you know, just in your face, uh, bigotry. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I gotta say, I definitely applaud you for the way you're using your platform and the way you're standing as an ally. It really, it Thank really you, means, I don't want to keep you too long. I'm gonna end it with a few basketball okay. questions. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. So, so who in today's game would you say most remind you of yourself? <laughs> in my mind's eye, is guys like Devin Booker. Okay. Uh, uh, um, but that's not it. I, that's not I, it? Pro- I, I would probably, yeah. Uh, guys like Clay Thompson. And, uh, no, <laughs> no. Uh, I, at one point early, early on, I kind of, the first time I saw Zach Levine, because he was real skinny and okay. he had a live body, you know, okay. and I, I was kind of that way for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, and not not as good. I and I don't I mean that, but I, it was tough for me at that at that time. I was six three and a half two guard in the NBA, and most of the guards in the NBA posted up then too if right. they were six 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 seven. And Michael and Clyde and and all Ricky Pierce and I mean I was right. back down back down help double double all that right, stuff. Right, right. Um, so. But a, a guy who struggles to defend today, but is electric offensively, is Jamal Murray, and he's a gunslinger, and he just so I kind of I dig, I dig that because he's okay. a bad bad shot taker, bad shot maker. Um, <laughs> I, I I love it, uh, but I don't know, man. I, I I'm amazed at the talent of the guys today with the ball handling. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the day, I know when you were playing and I. We were taught take what the defense gives you. You're just trying to you're trying to put it in the basket, and yeah. so that and that's what they did. That's what we did. The guys today they can do that. They can also beat you with a prepackaged move. <laughs> yeah. What? 
So you can't even guess right sometimes. Right. You know? right, right. I, I mean, I'm yeah. amazed at their ball handling ability, their ability to use their offhand. You know, right. if I scored 10,000 points in the NBA, 9,900 of them were with my right hand. Right. Okay. <laughs> they're using both. They're yeah, not- both. Just going yeah. up off the glass. I yeah. mean, it, it's amazing. I, you know, part of me, you know, I want. Sometimes I feel like I'm watching an All Star game because right. there'll be seven threes taken and nobody's making a shot. And yeah. so that part of me is just an old guy. It kind mm-hmm. of bothers me. But also, it's a yeah, it's a beautiful <laughs> game. I do hope we go back. I do. Uh, you know, you see a guy like Joel Embiid taking a step this year because he's putting his big ass on that block down there yeah. and destroying people now. Also, right. he can do the other stuff, but he's made a conscious decision to do it. Um, you know, I, I do hope because I, I, I love post, you know, post mm-hmm. cut, cutting off the post, using yeah. the big man. And, yeah. and I hope that we trend back a little bit more that way. To at least playing one big. I know, you know right? <laughs> I, you remember growing up, I think it was in the 80s. I, uh-huh. I was growing up, they started something, it was called the 6 5 and under league. Did you ever know that? Uh uh-uh. They They started a professional league that was, and it only lasted like a couple years, but uh-huh. it was called the 6 5 and under league. And you you could play as long as you were 6 5 and under. Uh-huh. That's what our league's kind of like, though. Now. Yeah. It's crazy. I know it's all skill and and yeah. and but I look we've got it's a copycat league it, yeah. as soon as soon as we get another big boy down down That's here right. do some damage it'll That's track right. back the other way and Golden State's success that they had playing that way made everybody want to play that yeah way. That's yeah just what it was so yeah. we we got to have exactly now let me ask you this um, do you agree with the Luca Larry Bird comparisons? Um, or do you think they're just saying Luca more because you know he's, he's, he's white? He's white, yeah. Larry's white. We're gonna compare him to him because I honestly, I'll say, I honestly don't see Larry Bird and Luca. I see more James Harden with Luca. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't compare yeah. him to Larry Bird. But what, what is what is your? Yeah, I, I I do see it. Uh, the, the the reason on that, I didn't grow up loving Larry. I I grew up Daryl Griffith was my guy. Doc, okay. Uh, okay. you know, I like the high flyers and all that. So I didn't like Larry. Like I did. In fact, I was so stupid that I didn't even really think he was very good. Okay. And then, and then I stepped out on the floor with him the very first game, uh-huh. and uh, Kelly Trapuca was standing beside him on my team, and uh-huh. he he and now I see Larry six nine. He's big as a doorway. I thought he was like six six. I didn't. Nah, nah, he's six no, no, <laughs> And and he looked looked over at Kelly and and said he looked around and said. Trapuca's going to guard me. And we all kind of just looked and he went and they got the tip and he just went four down, four down, four down <laughs> and walked Kelly right into the post. Just started. He had a triple double in the first half. Wow. Um, yeah. He's just different. Good. His ability to pass. Yeah. Uh, so from that, Luca's big, he's not six t- ten, but he's right. big. And six, eight probably. Yeah. Yeah. And strong. He plays at his pace. I'm with you. I think he is so much because of the ball handling. He, right. Larry didn't have – Larry played a lot upright. Mm-hmm. Lucas gets down. down right. he can, yeah. His yeah. ability to decelerate. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Off the charts. Yeah. I, I, I just love him. I, you naturally – I get tired of that. You know, it's, it's Tyler Hero. They want to compare him to me. Right, right, right. When I go, no. I mean, he, he's good. Like, he, he's he's – you know, he can be really good. Yeah, um, yeah. You, he, 
compare him to Devin Booker and Jamal Murray and Malik Monk, right. who all just came through here. Compare right. him to those dudes. Yeah. But so I, I do get it. You know, we naturally, you know, everybody did the, the th- same thing with Dirk. Yeah. Dirk and Larry. Yeah. And I, I don't think they were alike no. much at all to I me. Either. I didn't either. Not, you know, because different games. Different games. And yeah, Dirk wouldn't pass that thing like right. pass nah. it. But I mean, right. fantastic. Love Dirky, but I didn't think they were alike. I agree. Yeah. Um, I want you to talk to me about the the game where you lit up MJ for thirty nine points. <laughs> what was that on you? No, no, because and there was this Wh- one part where which was, one? Which one? No, I hear you. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I got you. But yeah. you, you play with this swag and, and this, yeah. you had this rhythm and everything like that, and you know it was it was great to see. But just talk about that game a little bit. You know, uh, it was we. It was a lucky game. No, don't Jeez, say that. Don't it was a lucky that. game. They, I'll tell you this. They, I, we had eight players available. We were in the middle of a trade. Uh, we didn't have a full complement of players, and they were in Miami out all night on South Beach. And I know they were because I was right there with them. So, <laughs> so they they thought they had the night off, and uh, we went in, and I just caught fire caught fire and uh um we beat them that was the year they went 72 and 10 right so if not for that they'd have gone 73 and 9 so i take great also i i somebody sent this to me not long ago of Mm -hmm. the of the of the players they played against that year i scored the most points uh, you know, I think there was me, then Carl Malone, then like <laughs> it's, it's just a weird, weird list. Right. But but what I didn't know, so yeah, I got hot. We won the game. Well, we had to play them another time okay. before the end of the season, and then we were gonna we were fighting to be the eight seed. Mm-hmm. We end up being eight seed. So now we got them four more times. Right. We played him two weeks later, and Michael and I have been friends. He okay. called me to go to Carolina. He, okay. he David Falk, agent, mm-hmm. you know. Right, right, right. Uh, so we played golf. We bowled. We, mm-hmm. we were friends. I lived in Charlotte. I knew his family, his father, mother, brother, sister. Okay. Uh, they would, came to all our games. So we go way back. Right. Well, I, my teams almost never beat Michael's teams. I played on bad teams, uh-huh. Charlotte and the Bullets. So that yeah. was kind of understandable. But I never – we never – I'd I'd had – personal success at times yeah but my teams had never really done well against the bulls so okay. we beat we beat them but we got to play them two weeks later and uh jump ball two mm-hmm. weeks later at our place ball goes in the air and michael uh michael went and got me right in the sternum with an elbow oh, and I went, oh, 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 oh fuck and i went oh, man it's gonna be like that tonight i guess and it was exactly like that tonight. He he got he got like forty in three quarters. Didn't oh, play the court, and I went like three for thirteen for thirteen points, something like that. And then uh, you know came over, gave me a hug after the game, and then we played them three t- the best best of five back right. then. Right. They beat us like a JV team three zero. Right. We didn't we didn't even have a chance. I mean. It, okay, and, and, but that was fun for me because it was my first playoff experience. I'd played eight, seven years in the league, and I'd never gone to the playoffs. Right. And I got to see, really, I got to see for those three games, mm-hmm. uh, you know, playoffs are different to begin with. But right. I got to see how good they were 
yeah. when when they were on that mission to right. you know when they were playing the good teams right, like the right, Lakers right. and the and the Knicks and the stuff like that. Right. Uh, so I, I feel real privileged to have played against those guys. They what an amazing team. But you still gave him thirty nine, even yeah, though yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know he. In fairness, he might have gotten twelve of them. But <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the, the story has to be I, no, him thirty nine. Yeah, him, him That's, right. That's um, the story. It has to be the story. Yeah. <laughs> so, so in Phoenix, you just missed um, someone who went to my high school, uh, grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Richard Dumas. Like y'all just yeah. missed oh, each other, dude. right? I'm glad you brought him up. Yeah, that's and, my guy. Uh, well, I'll tell you this right now. Me and Richard both went through something, some shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, my privilege allowed me to come back uh, quicker mm. and with more opportunity and um, in a in a way – and I, I know the NBA, the NBA does a lot of stuff for us mm-hmm. and guys that are down. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, but I, I feel like my pri- privilege has allowed me to, to, to bounce back with more dignity mm. and, uh, and be, and, and be more welcomed back from, from, you know, kind of the depths than Richard has been. Wow. Uh, I don't even know Richard. I, I he he was there before I before right. I was, right. and then he was you know very quickly out of the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, what one of the greatest leapers I've ever seen. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean like silly bounce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good dude. Mm-hmm. Really good dude. I yeah. I grew up watching him. Like I would literally go to the Y to watch him practice because he went yeah. to Booker T. Washington High School, and I was young then. So he he was like the phenom like he was right. the man like there was Wayman Tisdale and Richard yeah. Dumas as the best player Wayman I, I played with Wayman Wayman oh, was my teammate oh that was my guy was my, my guy, guy. Wayman Tisdale that. came and spoke to my middle school at Carver Middle School and it was just you know we, in Tulsa we was Wayman and you know everything and yes. Richard and we would watch Wayman and Juneteenth play the guitar, play the guitar play that he, was, he was amazing he was an amazing dude he he was he, he was so good I mean yeah. I he had a, he had a, I think he was an all-star. Uh-huh. Uh, but he had, he had some really good years in the NBA. Mm-hmm. He, he, Wayne, you, you found out real quickly, Wayman liked playing that guitar more than he liked, liked playing basketball. Yeah, and, he and, it. and he did. And, it, and it, was, uh, it was like, it was his piece. It was his, it was his thing. Yeah. And, and it kept him, it kept him centered. Yes. Uh, you know, my kids went to school with his kids when they were little. Uh, what a, what an amazing soul! Yeah, uh, always had a smile on his face. It's still hard to believe he's not around. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, anyway, definitely. definitely. Yeah. Okay, and la- last question yep. for you. You know, you had you had like a um, sneaky bounce because I don't think that guys thought that you had the bounce that you had. Now, anybody that watched you in college knew that you had yeah. that. Like they knew, you know what I mean? You, they yeah. Knew. But it seemed like a few guys kind of underestimated you in the league for a while and didn't – you could see the way they was trying to measure up. I was like, mm, they don't know that he yeah. has So you would catch people. I saw you catch – I would, catch, I would try to catch everybody. I yeah. really did. I, I loved it. I, there, I, me and J.R. Reed, because we were in the same grade in, okay. in, in high school okay. and, and McDonald's team and all that stuff. So we went way back. And then I came out a year before he did. 
And then we were teammates in Charlotte and he was a clown. I don't know if you know JR, but I love him to death. But we went through a period, we went through a period for a couple of years where every time I dunked on somebody, we both at the same time, as I'm dunking it and as he sees me about to dunk it, are yelling, cracker. <laughs> and so, but I tried to I tried to dunk on everybody and I got a lot of guys. I got I got uh, I got Sean Bradley. I got Herb, Herb Williams. I got Patrick. You got, you got Patrick. I, That's I got you Patrick. Patrick. I got, I got, and I got Manute. And Manute was hilarious because I was a rookie and I was playing. We were playing. Wait, wait, wait. That was an M one, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, and yes, I, yes. And I, I, I uh, went in. I drove in. I, I dunked on Manute. I, I, he caught it. But he was just so, he was so skinny and everything that I just kind of, I forced it in. They called a foul. I fell down mm-hmm. and he, he, he picked me up off the ground and said, if you ever do that again, little boy, I will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> That's, what <we're> doing, man. <laughs> That's hilarious. Man. That's a great story, man. Yeah, little, little boy, little boy, I will kill you. <laughs> funny, man. Yeah, man, Honestly. it was it was so much fun playing basketball. My teammates, uh, I had the best time. I feel so fortunate. It is, it's a privilege to play in the NBA. Um, right. you know, I, I'm proud of our league. I am proud of our league for for you know what they've what they've done uh, for them, for the WNBA. Because I think I think the activism and the mm-hmm. speaking out, LeBron, Stephen, everybody, everybody playing in that fucking bubble. Mm-hmm. we're going to look back on that and realize, look, man, I, yeah, it sucked for a lot of people. It helped us as a society to watch yeah. them, but they flipped Georgia, man. Yeah, yeah. They flipped Georgia. Who would have thought that would have happened? Amazing. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll be forever indebted because it took Mitch McConnell out of power, man. I mean, right. now he, he, there's still some shit going on, but he he's no longer the man. And yeah. I've been I've been – Glad we brought this up. Okay. <laughs> I've been my my I was sixteen and the new senator from Kentucky, Mitch McConnell, had been elected to the Senate. Okay. And and we're in school and they they let us know that morning that this new senator is flying in a helicopter from Frankfort, Kentucky to Owensboro, Kentucky, which if you drove it is like an hour, 20, hour, 30. Okay. He's going to fly in there and we're going to go out, going to land on our football field and we're going to go out and welcome the new senator. And everybody in the school has to do it. It's just assembly. Got to go do it. So we go out there and, uh, you know, I make my way out to the football field and he, he, uh, they land on the field and he gets out and he's got a little handler, you know, uh, with him that's holding holding his briefcase got a confederate sticker on the briefcase and i turned i turned right around and walked past the teachers and said fuck this dude i'm going inside and went inside and got back inside and got sent to the principal's office and had 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 detention for three days for skipping the assembly really wow yeah wow yeah so that i mean this is who he is, man. This is, but, I mean, so. 
but who he is, but the courage that you had, even at that young age, to take that stance. I, now, I knew that. I, I may not have been saying that for myself about the black-white thing, but I knew that was wrong. I right. knew in my eyes that y'all lost that, that, that fucking war. Right. I mean, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not even debatable. Right. So that I knew that. I had paid attention in school enough to know that. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so, anyway. Well, that's great, man. Well, listen, I, I, you know, definitely a lot of respect to you and the way that you're, you know, the way that you bounce back Thanks, from man. the way that you're using your platform, even to talk about that, like, cause you're open about that and what you, what you struggled with and what you dealt with and you being open to that, um, open about that helps other people who are dealing with it. And Thanks, I'm sure man. you, you know this already, but they, they look at you as inspiration and right. like, well, he can bounce back from it and I can bounce back too. So every time they see you, it's like encouraging to them. So I just want to yeah. tell you that because there's, Thanks, you know, it, it's, it, it means something. You know, my mom would always tell me it. that sometimes the things that you go through isn't meant for you. It's meant to help somebody else. Yeah. And yeah. you're helping so many people being an open book with your story. So just want to you that, respect for that and looking forward to seeing your podcast and enjoying the Basketball News family and everything. So we'll have some fun, man. Definitely. Thank you. Thank, thanks for having me. Uh, let's do it again. Uh, I'm happy to happy to be in the family Definitely. and uh, we'll have some fun. Thank you for listening to the rematch. You can find more episodes on basketballnews.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review. You can also find my articles on basketballnews.com, along with exclusive content from Kenyon Martin, Vinny Del Negro, James Posey, and more. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at AtonThomas36. Let me know what you thought of this episode and who you'd like to see as a guest. I would love your feedback.